Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two ladies on an adventure. Listen along every 10 days or so as we cook a dish we like. Quest about cannabis education. Or chat with someone we respect. You can find more information about this episode at highgluttony.com. Thanks for joining us, gluttoneers. Off we go. Let's get to it. This is a big one for us today, Gretchen. How are you feeling before we get going on our adventure? I think this is a, a bit more adventure than I was anticipating. And it's a it's a big adventure week for me. I uh, also am getting ready to have my spay surgery this week. Yes, people, I am <laughs> spaying myself. <laughs> oh, we don't know where the cats end and Gretchen begins. <laughs> somewhere there might be a differentiation someplace in between those two but but anyway Not, yeah so what's happening tell me more about this as as you you know and I think we might have brought up briefly before that it, this is happening but then things got thrown all into chaos so this is my second attempt to get this done this fall and so I'm having a salpendectomy I think is how it's pr- pronounced, an entire fallopian tube removal. And I am torturing myself leading up to that by not smoking because they did suggest since they do have to be intubated for the surgery, that if you can take it easy on the smoking for a couple weeks beforehand, it'll make things safer. So I figure, all right, we'll be safe and cut back on the smoking. So I've been eating last weekend, I made a bunch of marshmallows. M E L M E L L O W S. So I've been eating those all week. They are very mild. So I've had like four today. I'm feeling okay right now. I could be higher, but I am going to drink my cocktail here that has a little bit of weed uh, infused vodka in it. That sounds great. I'm so excited for you, first of all. I am so excited. This will be such a nice thing for you. Never have to think again about any chance of getting pregnant. Fucking finally relief. Sticking it to the patriarchy by taking myself <laughs> off the market as far as having babies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole point. Well, it's no. the whole point, yeah. <laughs> and societal pressure and the patriarchy and expectation and people that ask me when I'm going to have kids, you all can get off my back now because it's never happening. Not an option. Yeah. <laughs> Next time someone asks you, just direct them to this episode. Yeah. So preparing myself mentally for that. I'm since it's something I've pretty much wanted to do my entire life. I've never wanted children. And, you know, of course, I I still have those little doubts of like, what if I do want to have a kid at some point? The good news is what I did find out is that you can get pregnant after having a a tubal ligation surgery if you do IVF. So it's just a lot more expensive and a lot riskier uh, as far as like getting the pregnancy to take. But since I don't foresee me wanting to spend money on that ever, (laughs) it seems fine. (laughs) Yes. Long time coming. Mm -hmm. So what, what exciting thing is happening with you this week? Well, nothing as exciting as that, but I did discover I might have a secret talent in axe throwing. What? 
I know what. So James and I went to a Renaissance festival last weekend <laughs> and we're totally confused the whole time, to be honest. I could not really figure out what was going on. We went during the daytime. I think we probably should have gone back drunk, stoned at night and yeah. just been like taking it all in. Anyway, we stumbled on this little like vendor that had axe throwing and you could buy it was like five dollars for five throws. And there was a little wooden, big round, not little, it was a big round wooden like target, like tree. Yeah. yeah. Face cut up. Yeah. I so I step up. James is like, you go first. I go, I'm like, okay, there's all these people watching. I'm super nervous, but I'll just go. And I go and it lands right in the center. And I got four out of five. What? I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And a weird talent to like just randomly discovering your 30s you know but (laughs) late 30s yeah James was like okay well now you know your weapon of choice if we are in a zombie apocalypse I'll bring the hatchets yeah it's hard to know what that's always going to be but you've got your hatchet I got the axe we'll see what his is going to be but yeah it was fun it was super fun I you know I had a crisis of course about being around people and eating and having my mask off for even like one second of time Mm -hmm. but that's nothing new. <laughs> yeah, you mean that the crisis I have nearly every fucking day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I have to work around people. I wonder if it's worse for you just because you don't have to go be around people all day. And like, since I do, I've sort of adjusted to it a little bit, but I still get a little bit weird. But to me, like anywhere you're outside is it's a lot better than being inside. So I, I do try and calm myself when I'm in outdoor situation. Being indoors with people right now is tripping me out though. I like, bet. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. I also because James and I moved in May 2020 from San Francisco to Salt Lake and we did not know a single person in Salt Lake. So legitimately from May 2020 until two weeks ago. I didn't see anyone I knew besides James. And I think just like mentally, I have to prepare myself for like being around people again. And I mm-hmm. love being around people sometimes. And so that I was like ready. I like wanted that energy. I was so pumped. And I was like, I want an ice cream cone. I'm taking my mask off and this is great. And then like five minutes into it, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then for like the whole week after, I was like, oh, what if I get sick? What if I get sick? What did I do? Was that worth it? And then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Why can't I just do one thing? (laughs) Not to freak you out further, but I feel like I should take you further down this path and then bring you back the other way in a minute. But my, my coworker did get a pretty gnarly like COVID infection recently and she's vaccinated and very careful and so like her entire family had it she's got two small kids luckily the kids for the most part seemed like they had symptoms for a few days and it went away and she's she's sounding better but yeah it's it's so hard to know so that freaked me out because I was like oh my gosh she like doesn't do anything and like it still was able to get her like that's most of the people I know that have been exposed it's like they're not out there being wild it just happens right so wow oh my gosh we like I've been so excited for this episode all day and now we're both like super bummed out like wait there was supposed to be a good thing behind that what was I gonna say that was good she got sick and she got better oh (laughs) 
Oh man. But, Ooh. but if you're vaccinated, you're 11 times less likely to die. So I gotta say it's, it's, yeah, maybe you'll get sick, but way less likely that it's going to be serious. So, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want it like at all. Yeah. I, I think know. it was, it was okay. It was an acceptable risk and yeah, luckily nothing happened, but I know anxiety. It's a hell of a drug, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's like get out of this little well, I'm excited. Ha- Let, ho- recap. I have good ax throwing skills and you are having something done that you've been wanting for a really long time. So like yes. blah, 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 other stuff. Those are the most important things. Those are the most, we're like both super excited about those things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to go out and just hoe it up afterwards. <laughs> Everything about you will change. I'm sure. I'm Everything. totally sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing about me basically being celibate, that won't even be a factor anymore. So what are you smoking? We need to get back to it. What are you smoking today while we embark on our adventure? I, I have some marshmallows that I've enjoyed. And then I am having a little bit of infused vodka in my alcoholic beverage because I am trying to give my lungs a break. What are you smoking? Because I have some really fun options around me now, I'm trying for the first time a heavy hitter disposable vape pen, which has 100% of the native terpenes and contains up to 95% THC. And I don't know what that means. I mean, I think we've said like 95% is like percent to total when it's presented that way. Yes. Yeah. Still, Basically all, all THC in there with some terpenes. So it is very enjoyable. It's very pleasant. It's a sativa. So I'm like oh. jamming. Yeah. Nice. But I'm feeling relaxed too. So I'm very much enjoying that. And you said you're having your marshmallow and then a vodka infused with with cannabis or what was the liquor yes yeah it's vodka and I've had three or four marshmallows today so I've been uh, staggering them over a few hours I wanted to kind of get ramped up and get going so yeah I'm on I'm on number four I might have number five before we actually get into the cooking part maybe I just need to stop now I've had a few of them that might be too much sugar really (laughs) How big are they? They're pretty big. big. They're they're like two inches a square, two inch cube. It's a good size. Legit marshmallow. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about this cocktail you're making, but what exactly is happening with this cocktail? And I see a note on here and so I'm very excited to hear about the toasted component. I'm coming up with a, a cocktail for the launch of our new website at work. And actually I'm coming up with three different cocktails because we are now featuring Pontiac, Buick and Oldsmobile parts. And In addition so we- to Cadillac. Gretchen yes. works for a place that supplies Cadillac parts. It's very interesting. <laughs> and now we, we're expanding and we have a new website and was inspired for a cocktail for the Pontiac part by doing it for a Pontiac GTO judge that was this badass orange. And so the drink I think that I'm going to create later will be gin and toasted orange. And so I'm working on the bruleing of the orange slice was really what I was trying to do. So I started with just regular orange slice, tried to brulee, couldn't get any real browning on it because the moisture kept coming out and liquefying the, the sugar so it wouldn't brown really. 
and I did a few layers of sugar. So that was like, all right. So I dried off one like in a paper towel and let it sit for a second to dry off a little bit and then did it on that one. And that one, I had much more success with brulee. My technique on that is coming along. So right now I'm having that toasted orange slice with vodka and I put in some black pepper, thyme, and a little bit of fresh squeezed orange juice and a little water. And then I have a cannabis infused vodka. So I'm doing half potato vodka and half of a different type of vodka that is infused with cannabis. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Of course. Of course you're doing all of that. It's toasted and toasted. The toasted cannabis and the toasted oranges. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. Excellent point. It sounds so good. And spoiler alert, I've already seen some of the brulee orange slices and they're fucking beautiful. They're so pretty. pretty. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. What are you drinking? Just vodka and lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Gretchen, what are you doing? This super complicated cocktail. What are you drinking, Becca? Vodka and lemonade. Nope, I didn't even make the lemonade. It's just a glass (laughs) jar. like, and I wonder why I don't have time to do anything. (laughs) I might be answering my own question here. (laughs) That's Gretchen, you're extra. So we've mentioned vodka a lot. This is a big potato episode for us. We felt it was time we waited on the mashed potato debate. I think it's high time. We are, we're coming up on our second holiday season. We made Duchess potatoes last year. We made a like butternut squash mash kind of ish thing too. And I've been craving just like classic mashed potatoes and you, I know love mashed potatoes. So we're calling this the great potato mash off. So Becca, what is your potato philosophy? What sort of mashed potatoes do you like? If we're talking about mashed potatoes, for me, I want it as smooth as possible. I want it as white as possible. I don't want to see any chunks. I don't want to see any peels. I don't even want black pepper on mine. It's, I want it to be just like a cloud of white and I like it to be a little bit thicker, not like super, super, super thick, but pretty, pretty healthy. Fluffy. You want them fluffy. Well, hopefully we can make that happen for you today. I'm less picky. I'm like, if it's a potato and it's mashed and it has fat on it, I'm going to eat it. Any kind of fat. (laughs) Duck fat? Yes. Turkey fat? Probably. Beef fat? For sure. A little bacon grease? Ooh, yeah. Butter? Butter's the classic. I love potatoes with the skin in. I'm not sure like I go for really like additional other things in, but I do like a mash with skin. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's just partly because I know that the skin's the healthiest part. It's where most of the nutrient is, or if that's just something I have always liked that like change in texture. I'm not that picky. I've rarely had a potato I don't like. That's a fair point. I mean, they're very delicious. Do you like gravy on your mashed potatoes? Of course. I don't always want gravy. Mm, Sometimes I just want, most often I just want mashed potato. Hmm. Yeah. Very rarely do I want the gravy. I prefer gravy with a roll. I like to rip a piece of Uh, a roll and dip it into the gravy. And I'd much rather allocate my gravy to that than put it on my potato. I'll put more butter and some Parmesan on my potato. (laughs) I can't argue with either of those. I mean, I always liked it and I was a kid doing, if we had just leftover gravy, getting like a piece of bread and soaking the piece of bread in the gravy. So I totally see where you're coming from on that. Like that's one of my favorite things of all time. If you're just making mashed potatoes, what world level would you say that is? 
as long as you have the a, a recipe that you can rely on and you're not trying to get too fancy or do any experiments, I say it's a world level one or two, probably two, just because it does take a little bit of effort, but not that much. And having the right equipment helps. Sure. World level one to two, having the right equipment, which we'll talk about in just a second. But what steps are we talking about when you're making mashed potatoes? So when it comes down to it, it's just boiled potatoes, dry potatoes out a little bit, mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Two steps if you want it to be. (laughs) Yeah, but there's not, there's not a lot to it. Perfect. That's what we like, except for we, of course, are not going to leave it at one dish. And as Gretchen said, we wanted to weigh in on what does the best mashed potato mean for us? So we're not just doing one today. We're doing three each. What? are we thinking? (laughs) So we're doing four total recipes. Let's make this clear. We're both each making a recipe that Becca chose, as well as a recipe that I chose. So we're making two of the same. Two of the same. But those are different recipes. Yes. And then we're each doing a totally different third recipe for our own reference. Now we are having some consistent experiments going across the board here with the recipe that Becca chose. We're going to use Yukon gold potatoes for the mashing. The one that I chose, which is from Serious Eats, we're using russet potatoes. And then each of us is using a combo of potatoes for our third one, the wild card, as we keep calling it. Yes. So real quick, those recipes are from my list, a Williams-Sonoma buttermilk chive recipe, which we were both really excited about the buttermilk component of that one. We are both making from Gretchen's list, Cecilia Seeds Kenji Lopez ultra fluffy mashed potatoes, which has about two pages of information about why he specifically made all of the decisions he did in this recipe and then two steps. So we're both making those buttermilk and Kenji's ultra fluffy. And then Gretchen on her own is making the best mashed potatoes from Gimme Some Oven. And this one also has cream cheese. So this is my cheese component. I don't often do cheese in my mashed potatoes. So that'll be a little bit different, especially cream cheese. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. And that the, the recipe actually suggested a half and half Yukon Gold russet potato combo. So that's why we're both going to do that is so that we can kind of see, okay, Yukon Gold, russet mixture and have a definite answer at the end of this. Yes. So Gretchen's doing that one again. They give me some oven best mashed with cream cheese. And then the one I'm doing on my own is from Better Homes and Garden. And it is a Gruyere and garlic mashed potato. I was super excited about the Gruyere. I've put that in often in the past. And of course, today I couldn't get any Gruyere. So I'm doing Swiss, which I've never done before. I figured I would try something new if I couldn't get what I wanted. So Gretchen and I are both doing something new as far as cheese goes. And that's our third one wild card. I hope that makes sense. I think that makes sense. (laughs) So there will be pictures and a blog post to go along with this episode that will lay this out much more clearly than we can describe it. I am sure. (laughs) Exactly. I think it makes a lot more sense than writing because you definitely had to write it down for us to be like, okay, this is exactly what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And we'll explain in more detail some of the more nuances in particular, as you would expect with Kenji's recipe, 
but the Gretchen's gimme some oven one is like six steps and every other one is two to three. So we're kind of flabbergasted by that too. Of course, Gretchen picks the one with the most steps possible. <laughs> Very drawn out. <laughs> we're trying to be organized today. Bear with us. We're going to do the best we can. And you had mentioned that some special equipment can really help. And we're both utilizing that today. So what does that special equipment look like? Looks like a potato ricer <laughs> or a food mill. That's what it looks like. Or in, in the case of this, you're using a potato ricer and I'm using food mill because I can't find my potato ricer right now. Food mill and food and or food ricer are really going to help. Yes. Yeah. They're the, the main things you want for, for this. Otherwise it's just pots and a spatula or wooden spoon, depending on the, the recommendation of the recipe. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Really hot do, pan spoon. <laughs> hot pan spoon. Okay. Colanders, I think we mentioned. And then Colanders. a peeler. And a peeler. And a if, peeler. Yeah. If you feel like it. Because if you are putting it through a potato ricer or food mill, you don't actually have to peel. And I did not peel my potatoes for by give me some oven recipe because she didn't say I had to. <laughs> exactly. Are we ready? We're going to go think we're boil ready. some potatoes. Yeah, okay. we're going to go get some potatoes on to boil. Oh, are we, are we not staggering them then? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we still can stagger the start time. Right. Okay. I'm going to start with my, give me some oven potatoes then. That's the mix, right? Yes. Okay, Cause that's so... the one that has to dry. Okay. I'll do that one in too. the pot. And that one is bring, oh, I don't have that one. So for you, is that bring to a boil and leave at a boil until their potatoes are cooked? Well, that's how I'm doing it. All right. I'm a rebel. Ooh, my cocktail has become really nicely infused with the pepper that I threw in there. Mm. Very tasty. Yum. And I like the burnt orange. Should I read out the ingredients for each one? Yeah. Okay. Because we should also note all of our water is salted, correct? Correct. I'll start Williams-Sonoma next, and then we'll do Kenji. Because we so, can start the Williams-Sonoma one and then rinse the Kenji potatoes. Buttermilk second. So I just started right. a timer so that I can turn on the next one in five minutes. All right. My wild card again is the Better Homes and Garden Gruyere with garlic. This one is three and a half pounds of potatoes peeled and cut into two inch chunks. One half cup whole milk, half and half or light cream. And I'm using whole milk. I wish I'd got light cream for a, a further comparison, but oh well. Then for our solid dairy, we've got one fourth cup of butter, no specification on salted or unsalted, and one and a half cups of shredded Gruyere or Swiss. So again, I'm using Swiss. And then two cloves of garlic minced and only a quarter teaspoon of salt and an eighth teaspoon of pepper, which I will probably not use the pepper. So this will be my half russet, half Yukon gold. Great. All right. So my wild card, give me some oven best mashed potatoes. Uh, original recipe calls for five pounds of potatoes. And she does recommend half Yukon gold, half russet, one cup of whole milk, six tablespoons of butter, four ounces of cream cheese, two large cloves of garlic, and other toppings like fresh chives, green onion, or cracked black pepper, and sea salt to go in it. And she's the original recipe just called to have the garlic thrown in the potatoes afterwards, but I'm actually using three cloves of garlic and cooking them with the potatoes. 
in with the, the you're putting it in the water in the boil in the water. water. Yes, yeah, because I like that flavor that you get with like a, a letting that really infuse. And actually, they've been sitting on the the stove for a while, so they should even have more garlic infusion. It'll be exciting. I'm so excited. I've never heard of that. I'm so I can't wait to see how it comes out or hear how it comes out. Yeah. And then again, hers was peeled or unpeeled to your preference. Right. The potato skin. Correct. And my, the main things with this is that she really, that she put in so many steps, but she, she did cutting the potatoes as a step. So none of the other recipes really counted that as a step. They just recommend put that into the ingredient list. Then she put in boil the potatoes Starting in cold water with salt, with a specific one inch above the potatoes, blah, 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 blah. Do this. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Way too many instructions about fucking boiling potatoes. Boiling potatoes, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I didn't peel mine because we're going to put it through the food mill, so I could save my hands the, the effort of peeling. I could have done it for all of them, but since I had told you to peel the others, I was like, <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you can always do whatever you need to do for your hands crunching. <laughs> it's okay. No, that makes me a dick. Okay, having that <laughs> chronic disease makes me a dick. Well, our society. It does. It's fucking true. Yeah, man. She also says to make sure that you put potatoes back in the pan to dry. This is not uncommon. I've actually seen a lot of mashed potatoes that do that. And it is always good to kind of let some of the steam escape before you start adding your other ingredients, just so that you get a little more lift to your potato. Sure. So you're saying she's the only one who specifically recommended after you boil it and strain it, you put it back in that hot pot, probably with no heat though, or low heat, and just try to take out all of that moisture right away. Low heat. Low heat. Okay. Oh, so, okay. This is why this, this is an extra step. Sorry. I had, I failed to appreciate exactly what she had put in here, but you want to not just put them in the pot and leave them. You have to shake the pot vigorously for one minute. Oh, sorry. Gently, not vigorously. Oh, phew. Okay. Don't vigorously shake hot potatoes. That's a much faster minute, but yeah. yeah. And then it's just add other stuff pretty for the most part. So slight differences, but so far things are pretty similar. Yes. Okay. I'll read the buttermilk one. And then can you talk us through the Kenji one? Of course. Of course. Okay. So the one we're both doing again, William Sonoma, buttermilk and chive. This one, we've opted to only use Yukon gold. They said russet, but we're experimenting. So that's what we decided. These potatoes are going to be peeled and cut. And that's five pounds of potatoes, three fourths cup of buttermilk and one half cup of half and half. So a combo of liquid dairies there. And in particular, like we said, we're really excited about the buttermilk piece. Mm -hmm. And then eight tablespoons or one stick of unsalted butter. And then this has a lot of chives, three-fourths cup of finely chopped chives. And then fresh ground white pepper and two teaspoons of kosher salt plus more to taste. So speaking of this recipe from Williams-Sonoma, we need to turn on our pot for this this batch. So let's go turn on that pot. Okay. I will read through the ingredients for the Kenji recipe. Real quick, because we okay, have a, a couple additional steps for that guy. Yes. The only thing I wanted to call out before we moved on from the buttermilk one, the Williams Sonoma one, is that this is the only one that said bring to a boil over medium high heat 
and then to reduce the heat to medium low and simmer until the potatoes are tender, they suggest 15 to 20 minutes. All of the other ones we saw said boil and stay boiling until the potatoes are cooked. So this is the only one that's kind of funny. I don't, again, it's just fucking boiling potatoes for the love of Pete. Why make it hard? <sighs> I got to make it worth it somehow, I guess, that they're William Sonoma. They, they might know something. <laughs> they do recipe tests a lot. But yeah, that's the only big difference. And then this one says uh, ricer or food mill. So. so that's where we're at with the uh, ricer and food mill. So our, All right. our, yeah, tell me about Kenji here. Tell me, I'll tell you about Kenji. We had to get a Kenji uh, recipe in here, of course. There are other mashed potato recipes on Serious Eats, by the way. This is just because love Kenji. Love him. Love his recipes. You love his science, too. And he, I do. he tests so many iterations of the recipe that it's such solid guidance. I think you appreciate that. I do. I Because I would love to take the time to test out three different ways of cutting up the potatoes to make <laughs> mashed potatoes. But I'm not doing that. That's not right. what I'm getting paid for. <laughs> right. So the ingredients for Kenji's potatoes is four pounds of russet potatoes peeled and cut into two-inch pieces, then two cups of whole milk, 12 tablespoons of unsalted butter. Gotta love how much butter is in this. Right. Uh, I will note that a lot of the two of the reviews on this, because this was advertised as ultra fluffy potatoes, I think there's supposed to be a step in here where he says, add milk to the consistency of your liking. And he doesn't really have that terminology in there because some people were like, it's too much liquid. So there may, may be missing a step in the instructions. And that it's is a lot our, of, it's a most, lot of, milk. that's our most liquid yeah. one. Yeah. So I just wanted to note that before I got into all of the extra steps on what, what Kenji says is the best process for ultra fluffy potatoes. Mm-hmm. And his number one thing, your enemy here is starch. And this is true because if you over, even if you overwork starch and potatoes, even though it's not like gluten or something like that, it can make your throw off the texture of your potatoes. So he's not wrong. Sounds like I'm going to say but he's wrong about this. No, he's, he's right about that is what I should say. <laughs> Starch makes a big difference. So we are going to rinse our peeled and cut potatoes a couple of times until the water runs clear. And then we're going to boil them until they're tender. Once they're fully cooked, we will rinse them under hot water for 30 seconds. I read this recipe like six times today. <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds. And then using a ricer or food mill over the empty pot or over po- the empty pot, pass potatoes through and add in your fats and tasty stuff. <laughs> this is very basic. And this is very similar in the America's cookbook. I did look at the, re- the recipe pretty much as close to either Kenji's or well, minus the extra rinsing stuff, but probably the closest to the Williams Sonoma recipe since it was mostly just boiled potatoes, put milk and butter in them, salt and pepper. Eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kenji does say black pepper. He loves black pepper on this, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. Williams Sonoma buttermilk is white pepper. Kenji ultra fluffy is black pepper. The other two, oh. mine said no pepper, just said pepper. And I don't see pepper on yours. Oh yeah. It's a fresh, freshly yeah, cracked the, black pepper. Yeah. They, well, they were recommending it as like a garnish. Uh, so I'm going to rinse my Kenji potatoes. Okay. 
my my potatoes have been sitting peeled in in water here so i'm actually just gonna really give them a stir in this water and then drain that okay i'll do the same uh, getting a lot he says until the water runs clear i'm gonna do one more rinse on mine just to be safe oh it's pretty clear yeah even my first rinse but didn't have a ton of cloudiness to it okay and then are we starting that last potatoes yes. the kinji yes. ones okay yeah and I got to add salt to that too. Well, I finished my drink. I guess it was tasty. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say Kenji also was the only one who specified a specific amount of water. Everyone else just said like one inch to three inches to cover the potatoes. And I think he said like four quarts or something. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, his was also the only one that we weren't starting the potatoes in cold water. Oops. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, truly um, now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I don't know if you actually ended up saying this. You had shared with me earlier that you think mashed potatoes like shouldn't really even have a recipe, kind of. Nope, I don't. I, I just because I've done so, so much mashed potato in my life, mm-hmm. I don't need a recipe. I just do it by feel, which is a funny way to put it. But <laughs> I, I guess it really is more by taste than feel. But okay. things looking over there so far. So after a quick break, things are looking good. My Better Homes and Gardens Gruyere one with the mixed potatoes is a royal and boiling good. over here. And I turned my William Sonoma one down, the buttermilk one, since that was the one that said bring to a boil and then lower. I, I unfortunately don't have enough, quite enough pots for this to be the pots to have enough room in my pot. So the one, the William Sonoma one is in a rather small pot. So <laughs> trying to keep it under control over here same for me that's my smallest one (laughs) glad we can be so connected on these things and what texture are you usually hoping for a fork goes all the way through cuts it in half a fork sticks a teeny bit in there you're really going for pork pretty much can just smash right through it you want it to be as easy to fall apart as possible you don't have to cook the fuck out of it but (laughs) how are how are your how's your first batch looking actually pretty done (laughs) i have a couple of bigger chunks and it's still going through they're just not they're not kind of like breaking in half but Mm -hmm. maybe just a a couple more minutes and then i'll pull them i'm gonna give mine like two more minutes okay uh mine i'm supposed to heat the milk yeah oh uh and the butter okay milk and butter since I have such a small amount of both of those things, because we are not making full recipes here. Yeah, I guess we didn't say that yet. Another thing we've made super complicated for ourselves is that because we're doing three recipes each, we're fourthing to thirding to halfing these recipes. Not only are we making three different types ourselves, but we're also trying to calculate these like reduced versions. It's been really complicated. Like what, man? Man, <laughs> why do we keep doing this to ourselves? I know. I'm just saying it out loud. Like, what the fuck? We had to make like a giant comparison grid because it was so confusing. And I offered, but you were like, no. And then you're like, I did it. <laughs> and then I was like, I have to, I can't, I, I don't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> we, and we spent a lot of time prepping for this one too. We were like <laughs> very well, prepared. But let, let's also say that as I've been on my edible thing this week, on Wednesday, I ate an edible that I did not make and ended up getting 
very high right before our meeting or oh, like, like right in the yeah. middle like right as our meeting was starting slash through our meeting I was like going up on the, the little I forgot roller coaster yes, right. I was so high and then I was trying to find potatoes and on food and cooking and for the life of me could not spell or figure out potatoes oh, and then right. Two days later, I realized that I was trying to spell potatoes, P-A-T-A-T-O-S. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is- I almost spelled it out that night, too. But then I was like, don't be condescending, Rebecca. Like, No, I- <laughs> you probably should have just it. condescended. I am- <sighs> I'm going to go with my. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Operation potato. Potato mash off. First, first one getting drained. Where are my oven mitts? Fuck. I turned my heat down to low. Got my, dumped my taters. Dumping them back in the pot. Okay. Oh no, I missed, I messed up. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, no, I guess I didn't really mess up. Sort of messed up. I'm doing my shaking over heat. Your minute of soft shaking. Yes. I'm straining over here. Ooh, that's a lot of hot boiling water. I think my next round of potatoes will be done fairly quickly here. Uh, not as quickly as I'd like, but now I'm just going to lift these potatoes back out of the pan. My milk mixture is uh, excessively warm now, which means it's boiling and I didn't really need to do that. Also, I'm supposed to have also simultaneously been heating up butter and garlic, which I have not done. So I got to do that. <laughs> Like this food mill is going to make it so easy, but not being as easy as I was thinking it was going to be. So I'm pouring my milk mixture into the food mill. <laughs> okay. Hoping that'll help loosen up some of my tater here. That's clearly not working. All right. Now I'm wishing I ma- I just mashed these in the pot. All right. Catch me up. What are you working on right this second? I am food milling my, give me some oven potatoes. Okay. And you're wishing you had mashed Just mashed them, them in the pot. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I'll save my hands, you? but no, it's just like not going through the food mill. Oh, bummer. I mean, it is, it's just okay. a lot slower than I thought it would be. So this is one of those times when I'm like potato ricer sure? might have been superior since it's just pushing things through. Yes. Although you do sometimes have to push kind of hard if the potato's not all the way cooked. Sometimes I'm a fan of peeling before it goes in the ricer because it can be kind of tough to get that peel out and stuff. Not a huge deal, but wanted to mention. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. We have to do our honorable mentions of recipes too, because we both picked like four recipes each or something. I think at least one of mine was America's Test Kitchen, which, Mm -hmm. you know, really wasn't much different than any of these other guys. Sure. We did find one that was like a baked potato, mashed potato Mm. thing. But decided that that was too far away from the mashed potato purpose. Purity. Yeah. Purpose. <laughs> yes. We saw so we saw a couple that looked delicious. The baked potato one that you're talking about, which was basically twice baked potatoes, but without the potato peel shell. So you add cheddar, bacon, like Gretchen said. And we were both like, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. And then probably doesn't make sense for this one. But we saw roasted garlic, which would be delicious, I think. Mm-hmm. wasabi okay maybe maybe the steak ginger? Like with the- yeah ginger maybe maybe i'm i'm not with you on the ginger but no i'll support your desire to go there totally 
it's just not where I'm at. No, I hear you. Potatoes. What are your Williams-Sonoma buttermilk and chive potatoes looking like? Mine are probably pretty close to done, but I have to still, oh my God, I got to finish my sauce for the uh, Better Homes and Garlic one <laughs> before I can mash my potato, rice my potatoes into it. But I think my other potatoes are ready to go. So, oh my Just, God. If your other ones are ready. Strain them and leave them for a bit. Yeah. Mine are also ready. Okay. Wow. We're like at the same timing. That is rare. Look at us. 35 episodes later. I'm mixing my last mix on my give me some oven, oven potatoes. These okay, all your ingredients are in. Mm-hmm. A little more salt. And I'll put some more butter in there because I think it needs it. Okay. I'm with you. I was feeling like some of these, I just don't think it's enough butter. And oh, I'm always going to add more butter. Don't fool yourself, woman. You're going to put more butter in there. <laughs> and this is why you say just go with it with mashed potatoes. Exactly. Oh, these look lovely. Okay. I have a lot of things happening. I am starting to rice my first batch from... Okay. My mixed potatoes, better homes, and garden. Sorry for all the noise. I am just going to warm up my Wilm Sonoma dairies, the liquid dairy. Okay. Finishing up my other, my give me some oven ones. Still needed a little bit more salt. Could have salted the butter a bit more, but I've got all my dairy. Flavor is good. Check check on one recipe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Tastes pretty good. I'm starting my, to mill my Wilm Sonoma ones. I just added my cheese and milk mixture to my potatoes on my Better Homes and Gardens one. I added more butter to my Better Homes and Gardens one. Okay. It was like two tablespoons and this much potato. That's just not enough. Not for me. How are you going along over there? I'm good. I'm kind of like not exactly following the Williams-Sonoma thing. So (laughs) it's okay. Who cares? This is high gluttony. We do what we want. <laughs> exactly. I think my Kenji potatoes will be done pretty soon. I should check mine. Uh, yeah, mine are almost pretty much there. Uh, yeah, never again with the food mill. Not for mashed potatoes. Not so much. Now we know no. that. Especially if you're trying to like dry out the potatoes. Like I think it's a lot uh, more efficient if it had like if it's something that has some moisture to it. Okay. I think I can kind of confirm that theory since I just put my milk onto my potatoes and they're like, yay. <laughs> Thank you. Mm, like the smell of that buttermilk. Putting my butter in, putting the chives in, giving the food mill a rinse. Okay. Okay. I'm going to drain my Kenji potatoes. I'm just going to, I'm going to stir my William Sonoma potatoes here. Sort of interesting. These, the Yukon Golds look particularly grainy compared to the other ones. Interesting. I might put a little more buttermilk in here. Still quite firm. More butter. More butter, more butter, more butter. More butter, more salt for me across the board. Oh, yeah. I don't ever, but I don't bother with salt measurements. That's um... <laughs> what is the point? So I'm about to drain my Kenji potatoes. Let's see. I've got to get hot water going here. All right. Going for the mill. Okay, we both drained our Kenji potatoes and washed them or rinsed them with hot water for 30 seconds. Oh, hello. Soft, warm butter. <laughs> hello. Hello. Putting it in with my potatoes to see if that helps. Part of my the problem I've got going over here is I'm missing the handle for my food mill, so I can't push down on the handle. Oh, no. I was like, why is this so hard? And I was like, oh, because I'm not able to pop any, put any like force behind me when I'm drilling down. Huh, I fixed my own problem here. 
grabbed a, an oven mitt and just plopped it down on the handle. This helps a lot. Yay. On the last batch. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, figure that out too soon. And then Kenji's is just add milk and butter and stir with a rubber spatula, right? Yes. I remember to not throw all the, the milk in at once, maybe. Okay. And butter first seems to be important. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's important, mm. but it does seem to be noted. <laughs> ah, okay. Fully milled over here, adding my probably insufficient amount of butter. <laughs> More salt, and I'm gonna add half of my milk. Okay, okay that was slightly more than half my milk. <laughs> I've been adding it kind of slowly, and I have to say, these are really beautiful and fluffy. They are really beautiful. <laughs> they are all beautiful in their own way, and these are ultra fluffy, like you promised. They they really are. They do seem to be like, in my opinion, it's slightly easier to get my spatula through. Mm -hmm. I finally got enough salt in there. Good good go on me. <laughs> A little more salt for me, a little more butter. Yeah, this is the first one that had enough butter. Both of the other <laughs> ones only called for two tablespoons. I'm, I know I put in three. I'm pretty sure I put in at least a fourth. Mm -hmm. This is the only one that had four as the original recipe, and almost might be enough. I could go. <laughs> I could add a little more if I if I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like as far as like camera ready, beautiful mashed potatoes. Kenji's is yep. uh, leading the pack here so far. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Oh, I like the garlic hit. Mm, they're all good. Yeah. I gotta say, I think I might be Kenji's. Give me some oven. And then my last place is the William Sonoma, but not for flavor, just because I think that I might be sold on just doing russets from here on out. Because mm. I think that the russet texture is superior. But Hmm. Okay, I'm eating. Let's sit and <laughs> talk about potatoes and more potatoes and then give our final thoughts. Yeah. That was a tornado. Yeah. And we were supposed to cover, well, we wanted to talk about a few other important things and then things just went from zero to 60 in one second, basically. So I, I wanted to hear from you, Gretchen, a little bit about potatoes in general and starch. And we've talked a lot about potatoes in the past, especially with our um, Duchess potatoes episode, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. we have covered potatoes quite a bit. I don't know that I have a whole lot more territory to cover here other than just saying that the type of potato makes a big difference. And now I might be completely sold on russets only as the superior mashing potato. Don't know how you're feeling, but I think all those recipes might be right. <laughs> I'm conflicted. I think for me, the Yukon gold on its own is out, I think. Mm -hmm. But I'm torn either between the mix or the only russet. And it's hard to know because what that means is we're comparing our, our individual wild card to Kenji's. And Kenji's was the only one that rinsed those multiple times. So I can't really tell for sure if it's just the potato or if that extra starch release step is what I'm preferring. So I don't know for sure. That's that's fair because that's an excellent point that there are other factors as well, because I do think that I agree that I, I also would probably lean either towards just russets or a mixture because I did like the mix. The mix is nice. That leads me to the question, though, about the role starch plays in mashed potatoes. And what does like the potato structure itself have to do with the ultimate result? Well, it depends on the type of the, the cell type. 
So the waxy potatoes, they have a more intense starch structure, I believe is part of that. And that's why they don't usually recommend making like red bliss mashed potatoes, those types of potatoes, because they're, the cells don't naturally want to break away from each other. And so you have to work a lot harder to get them to break up, which is another drawback. And so the, the, stru- the structure on a russet or a Yukon gold, and I think russet has the most folly apart cells of all the potatoes. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. When you say waxy potato, that's our Yukon gold, right? No, I, so Yukon gold, I always thought Yukon golds were waxy, but they're apparently somewhere between waxy and the other sort of end of the spectrum is mealy potatoes, which I think is a terrible word. Like I'm like, that just makes them sound gross. It does have some of those easy break apart cells, but maybe like slightly more starch than the russet potato. I'm not sure the name of like a red waxy potato, but like white potatoes typically are a little bit more of a waxy potato. Your blue and purples tend to be actually be more of a mealy potato. They have a later structure. So you could do, you technically could do mashed potatoes with those because they have that mealier structure. I just don't know how most people feel about pur- purple mashed potatoes that are really blue. They're never really that purple. I'm sh- no, I've eaten purple mashed potatoes before. Somebody's done it. Somebody has to have done it. <laughs> Sure. It sounds fun, but like unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's the major thing is the how much starch is in those cell walls and how easily do they fall apart. The more folly apart, the more surface area you have for your butter and your milk and stuff to kind of get in there and coat all those particles and thus leading to a superior mashed potato. I love it. <laughs> Now I could really go down a rabbit hole of like talking about Kenji's experiments and like how the the interesting ones, but I wasn't sure how up for like having me go down that rabbit hole you were at this point. Well, maybe a quick one. What, I mean, we obviously know he settled on double rinsing. Right. Well, I was more intrigued by the fact that he did three different trials for how finely he cut up the potato because he was in t- trying to, to see how much starch he could get released. And that he tried, so he tried grating potato and doing like a smaller dice, like one inch size potatoes, and then like a larger chunk potato. And the the one inch dice to the larger chunk, they were pretty much the same. But the potato he grated after he rinsed it, for some reason, it ended up with all these little like hard things that were in it. And that's actually because there's pectin in potatoes. So our Fred pectin is back. So that's why I wanted to talk about this. I was like, oh, pectin is back. Pectin is everywhere. And since there are a lot of calcium ions in potatoes, remember using the Pomona's pectin, you had that calcium, the calcium Mm -hmm. water I added. Mm -hmm. So that actually works towards activating that pectin. So what had happened when he grated it is that he washed so much of the starch away that it exposed the pectin and exposed that pectin to the various calcium, the calcium ions, because he's graded, he'd broken all the cells so much that he also exposed it to that. So like that calcium goes a long way to strengthening the pectin. And so he was creating this reaction between those calcium ions and the pectin. So it was actually like chunks of pectin. So once he had cooked it to a certain point, that pectin just like activated and then turned into little like rock hard chunks, which I just thought was so fascinating. Cause I was like, I never think about like there being pectin and potatoes. That was sort of uh, an interesting point that he made in, in my opinion. 
Definitely. And I don't think I would ever imagine finding something crunchy or hard in my potato. So that is so interesting to think that it exists in there. It just has to get activated in a certain way. And it's just like, no, I'm a hard shell now. Just that something that I found really interesting is that, yeah, I hadn't really thought about A, that there was pectin in potatoes, but that you would be able to produce that sort of texture because you've just taken too much of the starch out and it just makes everything bad. Like you got to have balance. It's all about the balance. Always. Isn't it always? And another point is just to be sort of a bit gentle. If you ever come across a recipe that says make it in a food processor, according to Kenji, that is a horrifically bad idea. So I'm not even willing to attempt to see what would happen, but I'm guessing it sort of turns it and makes it into like that, like really drastic, like gloppy kind of potato. No, no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a glumpy potato. No. (laughs) We discussed our preference for potato combo or lack of. Mm -hmm. What about taste? Where did you land on your taste preference of the three we made? I mean, you can't, can't argue with a classic potato, but I love the garlic in the give me some oven potatoes. So I would definitely keep doing that cooking the garlic with the potatoes really gets it like in there deep. So it's kind of just this really nice, perfectly blended in flavor to the potatoes. So I love that. And I like the cream cheese. I can't really tell that the cream cheese is in there. Like I might even have to go with a higher con. Like I went to the high end of my scaled recipe because essentially I went, I was going to put one to two ounces. And I was like, you know, you're going to put two full ounces of cream cheese in your batch. Like, right. Why even start with one? But, you know, we'll put it on there. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. (laughs) So I think I need more cream cheese to be able to be like, okay, I like the cream cheese. I just don't. The the garlic is what really stood out in that recipe because it was the more unusual thing. I did like the flavor of the William Sonoma potatoes. So I think... I like that buttermilk, but I also like putting sour cream in my mashed potatoes. That's the other thing that I like to do. Just the the buttermilk was a bit of a, I don't know that I've done that before. Yeah. I think to my wildcard one had garlic also, but I added it minced at the end and just mixed it in with the hot potatoes and other, and I think whole milk. And I found it to be too much. I don't Mm. want to taste that much raw garlic, I think at the end, I, it's a bit overwhelming for me to the point that that's the one that had the Swiss cheese in it. And I barely taste the Swiss cheese. Oh, wow. (laughs) And yeah, so maybe I was just using big cloves, but I think now that I think about it, I don't know if I adjusted the garlic (laughs) amount. Oh, probably not. Okay. That explains. Cause I think it was two cloves. Because mine was also two cloves and I did use the full amount. Right. Actually, I used three. Right. I used three cloves in mine. In the boiling water. Yeah, so I water. will do that next time though. Because I want some garlic there, I think. But I don't want it like that. But then I did really like the buttermilk a lot. I kind of like the chive. It was kind of a fun change for me. I was a worried I wouldn't want the, uh, that much chive like mixed in. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like it. I, me too. I like the, I like how much green it adds. So that, because yeah. I was also thinking I'd like to add, and I know this won't be up your alley at all, but some parsley to the mix too would be good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
Mm-hmm. Not in your opinion, obviously, but <laughs> not for me, but I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I can't make any like grand statements today, but I can say that I will do some combination of these three in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really all that comes down to most of the time. I do. I do think I'll work on the, do keep the rinsing thing. That is, that seems to be working. Not sure if I'm completely sold on the rinsing after it's cooked. Like that feels a little unnecessary to me. And I'm probably going to go full russet mashed potatoes from here on out. I don't. Cool. Yeah. I, I guess not grand declarations, but some some opinions have shifted on my mashed potato game. You used to be an exclusively Yukon Gold mashed potato person, right? I know. Yeah. So times are changing. Times are changing. Oh, isn't that the truth? (laughs) So in the great potato mash-off, russet is probably superior for us and maybe a combo, but mostly russet. Mm -hmm. Maybe rinse after you cut and peel, but before you boil. And then whatever tastes good. That's any version of dairies, as long as it's a couple cups. (laughs) Yeah. More... (laughs) More is always better. It's always a more is better situation. Yeah. <laughs> and we used way more salt than any of them called for, which yeah, was way, a piddly amount. Yeah. 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 So a quarter teaspoon on one of those. I was like, what's the fucking point then? That's not even salting these potatoes. <laughs> that is an insulting amount of salt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We will post our recipes, our thoughts at highgluttony.com. Follow and like us on the socials or at highgluttony on Instagram and Facebook. I think that covers everything for now. Wow, we did it. All in one go. No time traveling required. No time traveling this time. Yeah, we tasted everything right away. The joy and the curse of mashed potatoes. And our total cook time was about an hour, even doing three different batches. So that's pretty impressive. I'm proud of us. Yeah, me too. And now we get to eat a bunch of potatoes. Yeah, Yeah. I had long distance high five. And now we get to put ourselves into a potato coma. (laughs) And I can make the uh, honorable mention twice baked baked mashed potatoes for later. Mm. Yeah, I have some Yukon Golds left over. And I'm like, definitely doing the cheddar and twice. (laughs) and bake them on that one yeah (laughs) yeah that's happening (laughs) all right thanks for joining us glutton ears goodbye off we go off we go clap 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 clap